1: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 135 of Teach Better Talk. I'm Ray Hewart, and as always, I am with my, oh goodness, how do I want to describe my co host to Teach Better Talk? He's funny looking, kind of funny, and all around just a decent guy, Mr. Jeff Gargas.
0: <laughs> I enjoy that. He's funny looking <laughs> and, and funny, but all around, yeah. That uh, was good. That was great. Thanks for that warm welcome, Ray. It is. You're welcome. We are officially into, you know, we're, we're, uh, and technically, I guess the second week of the new year, even though last week was like split, right? So we're kind of there. This is coming out on the 6th. Obviously, it's not the 6th right now as we record it, but it's going to be the 6th. It's going to be like everyone goes back to school day, basically, right? Uh, I know you return on the 6th and like every, I'm pretty sure every teacher I've talked to, which is a lot of teachers in the last several weeks.
1: Most teachers I've talked to in our private group, some go back Thursday. So like some go, went back like the second.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. So that's, I know there were, was, there's was a few people that talked about like, oh, it's nice this year we're going back on 6th because they normally go back. So, so either you're already back and you had a couple of days last week or you're going back today and i hope that you're super excited to get back in there and you were ready to go and you weren't dreading it i really hope you were excited to get back pumped up to get back yeah, right. i know you excited. are cuz you love on. your kiddos
1: that's like the whole point is being able to be on break you you know get reenergized and then you get to go back you're fortunate enough to have the opportunity to go back and hang out with your students that's exciting
0: yeah and we were talking sort of about how like you know you're coming back from break It's sort of this like Opportunity at like a fresh start, right? You're getting back in. Yeah, you already know your kids, but you're like you're starting over again. Everyone just kind of had a re- time to re-energize. So it's your kids. Like they probably forgot all about you when you were gone, right? They're coming back to your classroom. You got a fresh start. You can make some changes. You can ramp things up. Like what's going on in your head, your classroom? Like what's changing?
1: Well, first of all, they better 2020? not forgotten about me because I work hard build
0: relationship, <laughs> But this goes really well, Jeff.
1: I know that we didn't plan this, but today when we're recording this, I just did a live video with Becky this morning for our third session of the four mm-hmm. that we did in total for our winter break series, um, like the free PD series that we did in our private Facebook group. And the topic this morning, no kidding, was on like starting the new year off strong. And it was the, this idea that, you know, January is actually even more exciting than August. And when you say that to a teacher, they may not agree, but really think about this. In August, you have a list of new things that you're planning on doing in your classroom. You have goals for yourself. You've spent all summer like getting refueled and gathering all these new resources. And you're doing all that for students that you do not know. So you have no idea who's going to walk into your classroom that August. Now in January. You can have that same exciting list, but you know exactly what you're going back to. You know exactly what students need, what they want, what they've thrived from the p- following year. And this is the perfect opportunity to try something new because you truly know your audience and you're able to try things with them. Um, you've already earned like the relationship building. You've already worked through all the hurdles with them from the semester before And so it was fun to be able to do our live series because we legitimately focused on the fact that this is your time to go do something new. And, um, you know, Becky had commented that, you know, it could be as small as choosing now that you're driving into work, you know, Monday morning, choose to stand at the door and greet your students this, this semester, maybe, or maybe you've done that already and you can find something else that you want to try, but it doesn't need to be massive but it could be small, just something new to do to better connect with your kids. I kind of blab on I just feel like this is
0: that no you that was perfect that that's great. I love it. It kind of feeds into some of the stuff that we, a little bit of what we talked about with Caitlin in this episode of of making changes and and changing the the your practice in your classroom and you're right like that's a really a great point you make about the fact that you're you've had this opportunity now because you've already done a lot of the legwork. You've already built that foundation, that relationship, those systems and routines are in place. Now you can try those things out. You can take a couple of risks and, and potentially find things that are going to be better for you and better for your students. So I hope that if you aren't already, maybe that right there, maybe Ray just now gave you the little extra boost, little extra confidence and the okay to to try something and, and go after something. So that's super exciting.
1: So, exciting. so exciting. I love this time
0: of year. Yes. You know what else is super exciting, Ray?
1: How awesome Caitlin is.
0: How awesome Caitlin is, yes. So our guest today is Caitlin Giordano, who a lot of you might know is actually part of the Teach Better team. She joined us about, uh, I, I think we said six months in the episode, but it's actually been about four, four or so months ago. Um, and she has just been amazing, such an incredible uh, asset, in addition to our little family here. Uh, and this was super excited. We booked this for a long time ago, um, to get her on. Cause we, we said we just needed to get her voice on here. She's so brilliant, uh, and passionate about what she does. And she did not disappoint. This was a great episode. If you don't know Caitlin, she is a sixth grade ELA teacher. um, who will tell you that she is super passionate about education and just works and does anything she can to promote education. She also does a ton of writing. She's a presenter. She's a speaker. And she also happens to be the digital content editor for Teach Better and teachbetter.com. So all the content that we have over on, on teachbetter.com, all the blogs and video series and all this other stuff that's up there, like she's running all, it's all because of how she's helping managing and working with our amazing bloggers and writers over there. Um, and we love her to death. This was such a great episode. She really uh, talks a lot about her love, and you really hear her come out about personalized learning. I love when she talks about how her students have an active role in her classroom and then the way she grades and and the unique setup she has, that I think is really, really cool. And I think you're, you're going to love hearing that, and hopefully maybe that'll be one of the risky things you try. We'll see. Mm-hmm. But, Ray, before we dive in, anything you want us to take away specifically from this episode? I know you are a huge Caitlyn Giordano right. fan. I so. am,
1: and I said it in the episode, but I want to make sure to emphasize it. So I'm gonna say it here, and you'll also hear it again later at the end. But Caitlin is the the master of taking risks, like encountering a failure moment, persevering, and making a massive shift to turn it into a success. Like truly, every single instant, she has an example of a moment where she, you know learned a ton and then did what's best for students. And so she tells a bunch of examples in here, but she's the queen. I would totally encourage everybody to follow her. She's an amazing educator, um, to connect with and continue our pursuit of better. Cause she is always doing something always.
0: And with that, let's get an episode 135 with Caitlin Giordano.
1: Hey everyone, it's Ray. We are about to get right back to the episode, but I wanted to make sure you are a part of our Facebook group. The Teach Better Team has a private Facebook group that has grown so much over the past few months, and we continue to do live sessions, answer questions, and have teachers share their lesson plan ideas so we can all collaborate together. Head over to Facebook and search Teach Better Team to request to join, or you can head to teachbettergroup.com and request there. Either way, we'll see you over on Facebook. Now let's get back to the episode.
0: All right, we're here. and We are chatting with the one and only Caitlin Giordano. And Caitlin, I mean, what can I say? I'm so excited to have you on the podcast. I'm so excited to have you on our team. Like it's just a twofer all over the place here. I tell you all the time how much I appreciate you. And I'm telling the Teach Better Talk world right now that I appreciate Caitlin so much more than I appreciate Ray. Whoa. And it's so excited to have you on here. Before we dive into your teacher brain, how are you feeling right now?
2: I'm feeling great. I'm really excited to be on the podcast. Uh, this was actually the first thing that I found from Teeth Better was the podcast. Um, so I'm really excited to be on it,
1: <laughs> Caitlin. It was so necessary, and I cannot believe that it took this long to get you on the podcast. Like. What happened? What are you doing? Episode 130, whatever this is, and it took this (laughs) long. I'm so glad you're finally here.
2: Really glad to be here. I'm excited to talk teaching and everything education with you guys. Also, really excited to be on the team, just throwing that out there.
1: Yeah. Can we gang up on Jeff? Because, Caitlin, you and I are like, you know, really tight. Like, we're BFFs. Jeff, you're going to be totally third wheel during this episode.
2: That's totally true. We've actually met in real life like multiple times. Yep.
0: Yeah, but Caitlin and I talk all the time because she's doing content, and that's I'm in the content, and we, you know, with talk all the time about all of our amazing guest bloggers. And
1: it's cute that you're jealous, Jeff. That's cute. It's cute. I'm
0: (laughs) I'm severely jealous.
1: So, Caitlin, I want to take a minute and talk all about you. Would you mind telling us how you describe yourself when someone asks you what you do? Because I'm sure it's a long list.
2: So I think that I would start by saying that. My big thing that I do is just promoting education and talking about education. Like, yes, I'm a teacher. Yes, I'm on the Teach Better team. But the way that I view myself is someone who's just incredibly passionate about education and what it can bring to kids, to people, to adults, and the power that it has for really anyone. And so when I think about myself, that's what I think. And then I am obviously a sixth grade teacher. Um, I am a writer, a presenter, hopefully with the Teach Better team being a speaker, all that kind of stuff. But really at my core and at the heart of all of that is just my passion for this field and for the importance that education really just is as, as as a thing.
0: I love that answer. That's a that's awesome, and that does some. That just sums you up right away. Is that you just you're just trying to promote education, and that's why we love you, and we were so excited to have you on the team. You've been so such a, a just an awesome addition to to our little family here. We're um, super excited about that. So, can we? I'm gonna I'm gonna sidestep us. Can you? We've already mentioned like 16 times that you're on the team. So. Um, Would you mind sort of giving us an introduction on that side? Like, what is it that you do for the Teach Better team? I mean, I know, but someone listening might not know.
2: Well, I make Jeff's life easier. (laughs) That's Um, true. true. (laughs) Um, But really what I do, if you have written for us at all, or if you want to write for our blog, I handle all of that side of things. So if you've ever submitted a blog post in the last, probably, I don't even know, how long long time, time. Six, um, months I, take... six months yeah. it's been a while, it's been a while. Um, I've edited, formatted, put those together, gotten them published, um all the communication with guest bloggers i I've kind of taken that on now as well, um and i it's so much fun for me because I am a huge nerd when it comes to really everything, but education especially. And so this is like a really cool role for me because I get to read all of these different people and their take on education and what they're doing and the really amazing things that, that people are doing all over the country. And I get to like go through and not just read those, but like put them out for the rest of the world to see. And that's really fun for me. So that's kind of my focus right now. And then hopefully... Going forward, we'll be doing a little bit more of the live PD, um,
1: that kind of stuff. So to summarize for our listeners, you do all the work that Jeff takes credit for and says
2: he did. (laughs) Yeah, we're going to – we'll just put that to rest right now. I do it. Um.
0: So – so, <laughs> so on touch, so like, so when it comes to like guest blogging somewhere, like on TeachBetter.com, since we're talking about that, you know, I really, i we we talk a lot about in our team. We try to share out that that's a great way to to grow yourself personally because you're you know when you are writing, you're reflecting on your your story and on your journey and on the things that you're passionate about. But you're also getting your name out there. You're sharing, and you might have the solution that someone else needs in their classroom. They just don't know it yet. So if I'm someone and I'm sitting here and I'm listening, I'm going, wow, well, I didn't know that there was guest bloggers on teachbetter.com or maybe I was just hearing about the website for the first time ever. I want to write for teachbetter.com. Caitlin, how do I do that?
2: So I would say the best thing that you can do is just email me, Caitlin, at teachbetter.com and I'll get you set up. That's the fastest way that you can do it.
0: Okay, good. Awesome. All right, glad. I want to side up there. Now we're going to slide it back to to, to talking about something that I love talking about, Caitlin. I know you, you know that I love talking about this because we do it all the time on the team, but can you take us to a time that you've had a failure in your life? Tell us what happened, how'd you overcome it, and what'd you learn from that?
2: So um, my, I think, biggest failure was when I transitioned from teaching fifth grade math to teaching sixth grade English. Now, My entire background was in math. I had never taught English language arts writing at all, Um, not in any of my clinical experiences, not in any of my student teaching, none of it. I literally got in there and had no idea what I was doing. And so I was teaching writing specifically so badly. Like I dictated everything that my kids were writing about. I would like tell them exactly how to structure sentences, how to structure an entire essay. And if it didn't fit into like my checkboxes, it wasn't what I wanted and it wasn't right. There was totally no room for voice, no room for creativity. We taught so much grammar. I think the kids probably would just come into my classroom and hate it. It was a mess. Um, and If you know me and a lot of people that have read like the work that I do now, that probably sounds completely opposite from what I'm doing and that's because it is. Um, So I spent a lot of time um, trying to really learn the content and learn how to teach writing. Um, And I did a lot of reading about different um, professional articles and different books and things like that. And I started connecting with other teachers of writing. And just started like asking questions, like, how do you do this? Um, how do you teach them how, how to communicate? And one of the best pieces of advice that I got was from um, a professor in my grad program who said, well, what do you write? And I was like, what? And she's like, what do you write? And I was like, I don't write. <laughs> and she's like, well, there's your problem. That's why you can't teach writing because you don't do it. You have to write. And you have to be a writer if you're going to teach it because otherwise, you're right. You have no idea what you're doing. And I have to tell you, like that was like a pivotal moment for me was this recognition of how in the world can I expect to teach something and do it well if I don't even do it myself and have no idea what it even is as as a practice. And so... I went through this whole thing and I ended up starting my blog and that was where it came from was I started my blog because of this I needed to write more. And now teaching writing is my absolute favorite thing. And I like doing it too and I never really viewed it that way. And so it was this really pivotal moment for me where now my classroom looks nothing like that. And it's a completely different way of teaching writing. And I give my kids all this room to explore and to play around with the craft and to really figure out what's going to work for them. And it's just a lot, it's a lot cooler that way. It
0: sounds a lot cooler. You sound like you used to be the writing teacher that I used to hate in high school and, or in school. And now you're the teacher that I wish I would have had. So I'm glad that you had that moment and switch. And I'm glad that you started writing and stuff too. That's awesome. It's a really cool flip that you made there. So, so let's, Continue, let's flip it around. Let's actually talk about a successful moment that you've had now. And this could be something big or something small, but tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what'd you take away from that?
2: Um, So, this year, I have been working to really transform the way that I assess students and the way that I report grades in my classroom. So, it's been kind of a work in progress over the last couple of years. My district itself has been making the transition to a more standards based system, a more proficiency based system. And that transition as a district has kind of led me to do a little bit more exploration with assessment and grading myself. And so this year, I wanted to try out something that I had heard about from a couple of people, and it was a grading conference. And it's this idea that you sit down with a student and they come to you and you basically negotiate their grade. And I thought that was such a cool idea, and it sounded so much like, um, like a job performance review that everybody has to do in any position. Really, you have to do something like that, where you sit down with your boss and you discuss, like, how have you been doing? How have you like what successes have you had? That kind of thing. And so I was like, okay, I'm going to model it after that. And so my ELA teaching partner and I put together this structure of grading conferencing, where our kids create a portfolio of their learning on our standards that we've uh, that we've taught that quarter. And they bring this portfolio, and we literally sit with them and go through and they show us like their growth over a quarter. And then at the end, I ask my kids, like, hey, what grade do you think you should get then in ELA? And we have a conversation about what their report card should say for my class. And it is such an amazing experience. Like, I have so many kids that can then really communicate, not just about their learning, but about their growth. And it's this really authentic transfer of ownership because. I'm not giving or assigning this grade to them. We're negotiating it as a team. They're really owning it because they have to, and they know they have to defend whatever they say. So if I've got a kid that says, I think I deserve an A, then they have to defend why they think that and the learning that they've done to earn that score. And it's so amazing. I love it. Um, I never want to do grading any other way because I really see my kids taking, like I said, taking ownership of their learning and their growth.
1: Caitlin, I love that. And I actually heard you present on that topic a little bit and just have continued to ask questions about that whole process. And I think that your um, just focus on completely shifting this age old concept to being a student driven, you know, um, valuable part of your classroom is so neat. I love this idea. I'm so glad you shared that as your success.
2: Yeah, it's it's honestly one of the coolest things that I think I've tried that has gone really well. So I'm like, I'm very happy with it so far. And I'm excited to keep talking to people about it.
1: You know, I want to, I'm going to totally butcher how I say this, but I mean this in the, in the nicest way possible. I have loved getting to know you because you consistently share like moments where you have completely shifted your mindset because of a failure. And that doesn't mean that you've had a lot of failure. It's not really what I mean by that. But you really have had these like massive shifts in your practice. And I think that that's so, to be honest, it's super inspiring for me because every time you talk about this massive shift you took, whether it be grading or writing or I mean, literally, I feel like I've heard like 45 of them of of your life thus far in our friendship. It is so cool to witness a teacher be that reflective and make such... Amazing gains to be student focused. I'm just always so like I'm just so inspired by you every time you share things like that. And so with question four, you know, I I like to ask our guests what is exciting them right now about education. And really what I mean by that is like what fuels you? Like you're somebody who is constantly on this pursuit of better, as cliche as it sounds with the Teach Better team. But how does that happen? Like what is really exciting you within education right now?
2: So right now, I've got two things that are really exciting for me. So one of them is this this idea of personalized learning that's really gaining speed and gaining popularity. And it's this notion that kids are really taking more of an active role in their education instead of a passive one. And I'm really excited about that because it's kind of transitioning us away from this game of school that, that we all have played and that we've all kind of been a part of. And I know personally, like I share my own experience about it because I was like this student in school that figured out what points I had to get. I knew what I had to do to take a test, to memorize what I needed to know. And I can think back on classes that I took that I didn't learn anything from. And I, I just think back on that and think about how much more of an active role I should have and could have. Taken. And then I think about the classes that I still remember from high school even and what I learned from them. And it's really interesting to think about how, how those classes were structured. And it's really similar to like a more personalized learning setup that you see today. And so that to me is really cool uh, and really exciting because we're kind of making this gradual shift towards like transferring the ownership and really empowering our students to take that take the reins in their own education, which I think is so cool um, and then the second thing that is really exciting right now is the conversations that are being had about equity and representation in the educational system and I've seen a lot more people talking about hard things and hard topics things like racism and systemic inequities that exist in our educational system and really like inspiring me to have those conversations and reflect on those things myself. And I think it's exciting this time that we're in because people are really starting to shed light on that and have conversations about that and challenge the way that things have always been done. And that's really exciting to me. And it's something like I want to be a part of because it's just this idea that we're changing things and we're shifting things and we're moving things forward, and. That's so exciting to me. Two great ideas. So I have to ask, like with
1: all the training you do with teachers, and I can say that because I mean, geez, we, you know, obviously are both teachers in Illinois, but we actually met by going to conferences together and like bumping into each other. We had very similar, you know, like friends and same circles and You were always somebody who was sharing some sort of amazing idea with teachers and constantly collaborating. And so I know that you offer a lot of teachers advice all the time, depending on what they're working towards. And so, what is the piece of advice that you want our listeners to hear? Maybe like a new teacher who's trying to be progressive and be you know take on leadership roles. What advice do they need to be successful?
2: Um, So I think my biggest piece of advice for new teachers is that your voice matters and your ideas are valuable and important because as a newer teacher myself I felt squashed a lot of the time in sharing ideas and really coming out and like being a part of conversations and sharing my perspective or my take on things and I wish that wouldn't have been my experience because I see other newer teachers sharing similar things with me like oh, I'm not sure if I should share this. I don't know if I can. Like, I've only been doing this for blah, blah, blah years, or this is my first job. And I think that the newer perspective is such an important one because a lot of the times you see things that veteran teachers don't see, or you have ideas about things that other people don't think about because they've been doing the same thing or they've been in a similar role. And you can bring this new perspective and this new breath of fresh air into the conversation. You just have to remember that it matters and that you matter and that you do have something to offer.
0: Mm, That is some good advice. Ray, any advice for uh, Caitlin here before we head into number six?
1: Yeah, Caitlin, Jeff already has his stopwatch and he is going to make sure that you abide by all the rules of this next set of questions. So if you want to like, <laughs> take a deep breath in, maybe do some yoga or meditation for a second, we'll, we'll give you a minute if you need
0: it.
2: Oh, I don't, I'm ready. Let's do Boom. this. Boom.
0: I'm calling her right now, Ray. She aces it. I know she will. All right, Kaylin. we're in your next six questions. Your goal is to answer each one in 15 seconds or less. You ready? I'm ready. What is one end tech tool you cannot live without?
2: Google Docs.
0: What book are you reading right now?
2: White Fragility. It's really good. You should read it, everybody.
0: Who do we need to follow on Twitter or Instagram today?
2: Cornelius Minor, at Mr. Minor. He's incredible. And any author whose work you love.
0: Uh, what's a good YouTube channel or website for educators?
2: TED-Ed. It is like TED Talks, but they're geared towards like educational topics. Some of them are riddles. They're awesome, and it's one of my favorite things to go to for quick resources.
0: Give us a daily, weekly, or monthly routine every teacher should get into.
2: Daily, hitting the gym or doing whatever it is to take time for yourself. Weekly, checking in with your students in the classroom. Monthly, planning ahead to make sure you are ready to go.
0: And what is the best piece of advice you've ever received?
2: So this is actually new advice. It's going to take me longer. But reaching out to other educators, connecting with them, and holding your dates to chat or hang out with them. Like, Actually like reaching out to people on Twitter and being like, hey, can we do a Google Hangout and talk about this? I really love what you're doing with this. Like, let's talk about it. Because there's so many people out there who are so willing to share their thoughts and ideas. You just have to reach out to them and like really hold that date to talk to them about it.
0: Well, she kind of blew it on the last one, but it's pretty good advice. So I'm going to give it to her, Ray.
2: Yeah, you give her like the things <laughs> that you
1: learned before. I like that. That's good. Caitlin, I think it's so important that people reach out because people always talk about connecting on social media and following and like all this stuff, but how many people actually take the time to have rich conversations and dive deep into those ideas? I would argue that that is not nearly enough. So I love your focus on actually taking the steps to build a connection, a stronger discussion with those people.
2: It's funny because I actually just got that advice from Cornelius Minor, who I said everybody needs to follow. Um, He and I were just having a conversation on Google Hangouts, and that was his advice for me, was like, you should just reach out to people because you can can talk to them. They will talk to you and share with you and study with you, and you can learn from them. You just have to reach out. And I was like, okay.
1: (laughs) But it's totally true. I mean, geez, there's so many opportunities that we have to build stronger relationships with the educators that we're connected with online. And I love that. I mean, what's the worst thing they could say? You reach out and you're like, hey, can we connect? And the worst thing that they could respond with is I guess maybe not responding or second of all, being like, sorry, I'm too busy, but maybe sometime in the future. I mean, otherwise they're going to say yes and you're going to find times to chat. So I think it's a win-win. Totally agree. It's
2: definitely worth doing.
1: So Caitlin, I have one final question for you and it's so important because I want our listeners to make sure that they continue to connect with you and learn from you. So would you mind kind of sharing how everyone can stay connected?
2: Yeah. So I briefly mentioned before, but you can email me at um, Caitlin at teachbetter.com, especially if you're looking at uh, getting involved with our blog. Um, That is a great way to reach me. Um, And then on Twitter and Instagram, I'm at KN Giordano. Feel free to follow me on both. Reach out to me. Send me a message. Um, my Facebook page is just my name. I'm on there. Um, and then my website, I am at curriculumcoffee.com and com. I bought them both and it's pretty cool. Um, <laughs> and then I don't have a YouTube channel because I'm afraid of YouTube. So
0: oh right.
2: wait, wait right. Steph, you can scold her because the Teach Better team has a YouTube
1: and she could have totally claimed that.
0: We're going to fix that. Yeah. So <laughs> But meanwhile, you know, you can find all the links and resources that we talked about in this episode over at teachbetter.com, as well as the really important links for connect like those ones for connecting with Caitlin and keeping this conversation going. So head over to teachbetter.com for all of that. Be sure to hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and a review, we'd really, really appreciate that as well. Let's keep taking this one step further. Think of just three colleagues who need to hear these amazing stories like Caitlin's and share this podcast with them. Caitlin this was awesome. You know I think you're awesome and I appreciate you so much. But this was this was great. I'm so excited for people to hear this and get a little bit uh, better insight into you and the way you think. And you're just awesome listening to your classroom. And uh, I just really appreciate you coming on. And um, thank you.
2: Well, it was great to be here. Thanks for having me on. I was really excited to share today. So uh, yeah, thank you.
0: Until next time, let's get out there and let's teach better.